you've often heard people talk about the veil. You know, we live on this side of the veil and all this other stuff goes on on the other side because we as humans, once again, live in this 3D linear world. We only believe what we can see. Hi, I'm Brian Pearson. You are in the cave. We were born before the wind. Also younger than the sun. And our bonnet boat was one as we sailed into the mystic. The Mystic Cave is a sanctuary for the seeker. Stories, conversations, and reflections about the soulful terrain on the far side of conventional religion. Welcome. All of us encounter the world through our senses, but most of us live as if the world stops at the limit of our sensory perceptions of it. Others know differently. Embedded within the physicality of the world and extending infinitely beyond it is a cosmos richly imbued with energy in the form of light and love and with spiritual beings committed to our health and wholeness. It is a fantastical world perceived not by our physical senses but by that sixth sense that is driven by intuition, imagination and childlike curiosity. Reiki master Jan Thompson lives at the confluence of this world and the world beyond. In a book of personal stories compiled by her friend and collaborator Carol Ann Halstead, a book called Divine Healing, Jan tells her own story of knowing the world from the earliest age as a luminous and numinous reality of learning and growing through the stages of her own spiritual ascension, and witnessing firsthand the power of her higher self who indwells her and guides her in her healing practices. To speak with Jan is to have your world expanded. Here is our conversation. So, Jan, my introduction to Reiki was uh, through you. And in fact, at the touch of your hands or the non-touch of your <laughs> hands. So I want to I want to start with that experience to kind of open up all we're going to talk about uh, uh, today. Because um, that experience for me, it, it here's what it was. It was deeply peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, my body was completely at rest and at ease. Um, and I felt nothing. My mind was active, which often happens when I meditate too. So that wasn't surprising. I thought another time I think I would use a mantra just as I would, just so I still my mind. But my body was completely at ease. Meanwhile, while you were um, 
passing your hands over my body, you were picking up things. You mm-hmm. were feeling things. I don't know if you were seeing things. I would be fascinated to know your experience at your end as a Reiki master. What What are you seeing? What are you picking up? <laughs> I... I am not seeing anything. I don't see. Some people do see, but I'm not one of those. Um, Maybe just to step back first to, it probably is helpful to know how I prepare myself for Mm -hmm. a Reiki session. And what I do is I still my mind. I, um, and then I go into my heart space. I always want to make sure that I'm coming from my heart, whatever I do in terms of energy work or communicating with another person is coming from the heart space. So I have a step process and I I, I have this little imaginary bench over here hmm. and I call that the lobby of the elevator. <laughs> and I tell my personality and my ego to go over there and sit on the bench. <laughs> take a break. Take a break. <laughs> wait for me. They are not needed in this process. Uh-huh. And then through some breath work, I imagine, I intend that I am taking the elevator down to my heart. And I do that with some slow breaths and I just connect in my heart space come from my heart, and that's where my authentic self, my higher self lives, is in that heart, and that's where the truth is. And once I'm there, I then connect with the person who I'm going to be doing the Reiki session with or the energy session with Mm -hmm. on the bed, on the Reiki bed, the Reiki table. And so maintaining that heart connection I go, so then in your case, for instance, I would ask to connect with you and your higher self, your authentic self. And I also, so once I feel that that connection has been made, I then ask for permission. I ask for your higher self to give me information or messages that I may be able to pass on to you that will be helpful for you going forward. None of which my conscious self would be aware of. This is happening in your connection with a part of me that's not available to my consciousness. Yes. And so I am I'm actually tapping into the truth of who you are. Yeah. And so your authentic self, your higher self, knows what you need. Um, you may have an idea of what it is you need, and I think I mentioned this to you in the session. You may come in with a yeah. particular intention. Yeah. You know, my my left leg is really sore. Can you work on the pain there or something to that effect? Yeah. And I will say, well, you can certainly have that intention. It may or may it not. It may happen. or not happen, <laughs> but your higher self between the two of us. Yeah. Um, the two of our energies are combining, yeah. if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. They are combining and we become a unit in a unified, so- uh, I guess, a unified source of yeah. energy yeah. in going through a healing process for you. How, well, how do you know what is needful? Is it instinctive? Is it feeling? Is it... This is, this is non-touch. This is all... 
you're working with the the energy emanating mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. my body, mm-hmm. but you knew what parts of my body needed uh, mm-hmm. attention. And I think your body, your energy field, so not just the physical body, but your energy field was giving that information to me. I think I was getting that. Right. And so the way I receive that information is it's just like that. It's like a a poke or a nudge or, oh, you might need to go down to the feet. Or, no, you need to go back up here. There's something going on in the torso or there's something happening at the head. So, you know, I start with, I guess, um, a journey in mind. So I always start at the head because I feel that I connect quite well at the head to start. And, of course, that's where (laughs) your mind is, your consciousness is. Um, But I start there, and I seem to get a lot of information there, and it then it guides me on the journey through the body or through the energy fields that make up your body. And, and the intention for you is, is what? Is it to identify where energy is blocked? Is it to, is it, because you're all about moving energy because energy needs Mm -hmm. to be in motion. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Energy, energy is in motion. Yeah. It's always in motion. So yes, there can be blockages. So the the other thing that um, I haven't mentioned yet, so we, I I am connecting with you, but I also ask to connect with Source. And And I I think of that as capital S, Source. Capital S, Source, that's right. It, It could be capital G, God. It could be capital S, Source. It could be Creator, capital C, Creator. Because I feel that there is, um, well, there is a greater power. There is a greater power out there, and that greater power feeds all of us. We are all connected, and so that energy is within all of us. So after I have made that connection with you, then I call upon that energy from source to come through me and flow through me. And a lot of times people will say, well, aren't you worried about picking up something bad from the other person? And I'll say, well, no, because it's flowing through me to them. It's not about them sending something back to me. They are receiving. They are the recipient, the receiver of this energy. So the energy I feel flows through me. The information I feel is coming from your energy field and your higher self. Does that help? Yes, I, and I want I want to talk about I want to come back and talk about higher self because that has a meaning that I realized that I didn't understand uh, some time ago until I read uh, your portion of the book, which we'll talk about too. Um, so, but a good deal of this for you is intuitive, such that uh, it would be gift. You've done you've done some training, and I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But but initially, in, in the chapter in the book that you've written. You talk about as a child, you saw things that mm-hmm. other people didn't see, mm-hmm. in- including what you saw as those particles from which matter comes. Adamantine particles. Yeah. Right. I, I believe that that's what they were. I've never been told by anything or anyone, yes, this is what you saw, but I just had this knowing in retrospect, looking back at myself as a child, saying that it is what I'm sure that it wasn't is what I saw. Dust motes. 
It wasn't. No, no. You were seeing something alive. I was seeing something. Sparkling and alive. I was seeing something sparkling and alive. And I feel that a lot of children do. And that as children grow older, we get shut, you know, they get shut down, shut down, shut down by society, by our expectations, by our earthly three-dimensional life, (laughs) you know, where we... We tend to regard ourselves as individuals, and this skin is where we end, yeah. and we are totally separate. I am totally separate from you, and I yeah. think that is part of what happens. I think as children, we are, we see ourselves as part of a bigger picture, and so we see things like that. Yeah, and don't question And don't question There's nothing, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you said that even your family identified what they called your healing hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a part of you that this is like you are made for this work, right? So tell me, because you said even your mom, when she was ill, wanted, and she was receiving medical treatment, mm-hmm. she wanted mm-hmm. your healing hands. She wanted my healing hands. She did, and I spent a lot of time with her doing a lot of... And, and at that time, I had taken an early, a, a beginner's Reiki class, and I think um, it didn't... It didn't resonate with me so much at that time because, for starters, there was a lot of, you know, symbol drawing and you had to memorize symbols and this sort of thing. And I kind of put that aside and I took therapeutic touch. Mm -hmm. And I learned that through the holistic nursing group that Carol Ann talks about in her chapter. Even though I wasn't a nurse, um, I was invited to go and I was part of their group. And so I learned therapeutic touch with Mm -hmm. them. And therapeutic touch was all about smoothing out the energy around a person's energy field. And that is when I could actually feel these blockages and feel the energy moving. Whereas at that point, I I don't think I was ready for the structure, if you want to call it that, of the Reiki. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is the training like? Like, uh, how does, how did this go from, for you, instinctive abilities Mm -hmm. that you had just because you are who you are, Mm -hmm. um, to to the practice that you have now? What what did, how do you train for this? So I, I have a Reiki master that I learned from, um, and I became reinterested in Reiki, because it was a newer kind of Reiki, it was called Holy Fire Reiki, this really fit for me. It really resonated with me because it was more about the feeling, the sensing, the calling in this greater power, allowing it to flow through the person. It was more yeah. um, in, within, in alignment with what I was doing already and what I had learned. So I proceeded to learn that way. And it was a lot of um, meditations, hands-on practices, learning hand positions, and that sort of thing. So I practiced that for a number of years. And then I felt I was ready to add on the Karuna Reiki, which adds in the idea of compassion. And Kuan Yin, the master Kuan Yin, who is more of a, a Japanese deity is a representative of compassion. 
And so she, as an ascended master, brought that healing through. So here I was working with these ascended masters who had brought in a particular kind of healing energy, and I incorporate both of those things into the energy work that I do. Does all Reiki practice acknowledge what you call as the source, understand that that Reiki is, is not simply working with the energy of the body. Reiki already implies that you're calling upon something. Let's talk a bit about actually the, the um, uh, historical roots of Reiki. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know until you told me that Ki, K-I, mm-hmm. is simply the Japanese version of, of in, what in Chinese would be Qi. Qi. Yeah. Exactly. The life force energy. Yeah. yeah. Universal life force energy. So it's bringing that energy from the universe to, or source, or God, or creator, to your energy, your Qi, yeah. and balancing it out and finding blockages and that sort of thing. So it started, oh my gosh, I should know this like the back of my hand, but I haven't taught Reiki for a very, very long time. But it started with um, Master Yusui uh, back in Japan in the late 1800s. And he had been up on a mountain doing some meditation and, you know, vision quest work and this sort of thing. And as he came down the mountain, he hurt himself. He tripped and hurt his leg, hurt his foot. And he was in a great deal of pain and he couldn't walk. He's also by himself. So he stopped what he was doing and he started to just instinctively, intuitively work with his hands on his leg and foot and intend that it heal. And I think because he had been in this meditative state and he felt very close to source energy, to God, to creator, that this was still flowing through him, this this incredible power was still flowing through him. Well, he healed his leg and foot, and he got up and was able to carry on down the mountain. And he thought, wow, I've learned something here. And then he proceeded to teach others hmm. how to do this. So part of my experience uh, with you, actually, because we debriefed afterwards, mm-hmm. which was really helpful. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. in my conscious mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. But you had some experiences that you uh, wanted to share with me. And one of them was quite profound. It was an image I came away with and I it has been alive in my uh, memory of that time with you. Um, you were trying to articulate something that you felt. And it had to do with uh, sort of my chest or my heart cracking open. Yes, and that was the image that you provide, and and you and you you tried to, to to couch that, and it's not literally like this. It was just it was this was an image of what you felt was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, as if something was cracking open, such that this blue light was pouring into this open space. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that uh, my first book of short stories was called How the Light Gets In, which was based on Leonard Cohen's song, uh, where he says, there's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment you started to talk about this, I thought, that is, that's entirely what that first book was about. It was those cracks in our humanity that allow the light 
in and out for that matter. Yes. But you saw something and the and the blue light wasn't coming from me. It was originating elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that, to my mind, was connecting the work with some larger reality. Do you do you remember that? Oh, I do. I remember it. And, yes, like and it was you yesterday. had an emotional reaction to it, which I of course did. I didn't because I, I had no idea blue light was pouring into the crack of, of my <laughs> of my chest cavity. Uh, um, you're lying there in a peaceful state, just I thinking was, I'm having I was, a great rest. <laughs> it was, it was like that. So, so um, when something like that happens, what do you perceive? As, what is happening? It's this is where I think. You are giving me information. I think that the source that is coming through me into you, and, and I've already asked for this to happen. I've right, already connected right. with you. Yeah. There's already been this energetic connection made. Your higher self has already given me permission. So I think it's being shared with me. And I, once again, I don't see anything. It was. It's really hard to express what I experience because yeah. it's it's like a phrase will all of a sudden be there. I, and I'm I'm putting my hands over here because it always seems to happen on this side of my body, the on right the right side. side of my body. Yeah. This is where I ask the left side is where I ask my personality and ego to get to go and huh. wait. Yeah. And I seem to get these perceptions or these messages and then it moved to the center because I remember feeling the metaphor of having an apple in my hand right. and putting my thumbs in the very top part of the apple where the, st the stem comes out. And I physically wouldn't be able to do this, but ac actually cracking open yeah. this apple. Yeah. And I think the apple was the metaphor for your heart. Yeah. And as it cracked open, I just sensed this blue light pouring through and it was like your heart is opening your heart yeah. is opening up and receiving and accepting this light. And the blue light for, for in, in the learnings and teachings that I have gone through represents God's will. Wow. Yeah. So the blue yeah. light is the first ray of God's will. Not knowing all that, the fact that you had shared that with me I mean, I carried that away thinking, I have no idea what this means, but it feels beautiful. Mm. Like it felt privileged. Like this was, to me, it, it was like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but that's a beautiful image to carry with me, not knowing what it meant. You know? it, it was beautiful. And I think that's why I had the tear. I remember a tear coming down my cheek. And it was, I think it was just the overwhelming emotion of the beauty of it and the power of it. It yeah. just... You know, it came through my my tear yeah, ducts. Yeah. I wasn't crying, but yeah. it was just this tear that rolled down my my cheek. Yeah, because it was incredibly powerful. Yeah, it was just it was beautiful. It was profound. So this opens up the whole area that I I I just I'm thirsty. I'm hungry to know more <laughs> about because we're we are talking around the existence of a larger world than we can see. Mm-hmm where there is a great deal of life and energy, and yet it's bigger mm -hmm. than what we see in, in this plane or in this existence. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and when you use some of the vocabulary of that world, uh, 
I need you to break it down. Like when you talk about the rays, mm -hmm. you talk about, um, in fact, in your book, I think you, t and we'll get, come back and talk about beings and entities and, and that, but when you talk mm -hmm. about your higher self, it didn't surprise you that your higher self was from or on the fifth ray. Mm -hmm. That meant nothing to me, mm -hmm. but it obviously describes something for you. Mm -hmm. If you think about a prism, so light, pure light comes into the prism. And when it comes out the other side, there's this beautiful rainbow yeah. of colors. Yeah. And so each and every one of us comes to the earth, comes to this life with a particular set of colors or rays around us according to what we're coming to this particular lifetime to learn. So when the light comes through the prism and goes through the other side, there are seven colors. And so there's the first ray that is blue, the second ray is yellow, the third ray is pink, the fourth ray is white with a little bit of gold. So it hasn't the white ray hasn't really um, refracted enough yeah. to see other colors in it. The fifth ray is green with some orange. The sixth ray is um, ruby and gold. And the seventh ray is purple and mauve. This and corresponds so with the chakras, doesn't it? It does correspond with the chakras. It does. It does. And our... Our heart chakra, for instance, is green as we are, you know, earthly beings. But as we ascend, as we grow as a being, as a spiritual being on this earth, our heart chakra can change from green to pink. Mm. And so that is an evolution that we go through. And when we talk about all beings on, on this planet are ascending, whether they are conscious of it or not... These are some of the changes that we go through as a human being. So our, our chakras can change. So uh, let's go back to the fifth ray. So as we go through our lessons and improve ourselves, and it's all about spiritual development and, and wanting to be a better person. So it's thinking about our thoughts, our words, our deeds. And by doing that, we can clear up any karma that we've come into this life with. So the karma are the, you know, the dross, the negativity, the blockages that can hold us down. And, and we hold those blockages and energies and dark energies in our chakra systems. Some of which, I understand, we have brought with us. That is, it's it's... Um, intergenerational. It's from former, you know, uh, family trauma, something like like some of it we've brought into the world mm -hmm. uh, with us, and other uh, other events that happen in our lives can can cause us to stumble and carry more that we have caused. Exactly. Right? This is exactly right. Yes, yeah. we come in and we bring it from an ancestral lineage or a past life that we had somewhere, and. Um, I mean, therapists are finding this through hypnotherapy and that sort of thing when they're trying to help people. It was like, oh, they found out 200 years ago or 300 years ago they were this person in another life and they yeah. did this and this is something that has reared its head in yeah. this life. Yeah. So yes, the, the whole idea of being a human being but also a spiritual being is to 
ascend through clearing your karma and clearing the chakras so that they become purely radiant and bright. And when you achieve that clearing of the chakras, you pass a particular initiation level. And I mean, we can think back to mystery schools and all of this sort of thing. But in current day, present day life, we pass through an initiation level. And we're just informed, oh yes, you pass through an initiation level. But sometimes people can feel it. They can feel a shift, an energetic shift in their in themselves, in the way they perceive things, in the way they respond to yeah. life. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are aware of this, this elevation, I suppose. And when you pass the fifth initiation, that means all of your chakras are cleared, the karma is paid, you no longer will be re reincarnating and coming back to earth. So then what happens after you have cleared them, you begin the next initiation level and your higher self becomes your guide. Instead of these external guides who are helping you along and guiding you along, it becomes your internal guide. So your higher self comes into body gradually, settles into your heart, and this is where your guidance now comes from, is from within. And that guidance, that higher self, lives on a particular ray. Wow. So the particular ray that my higher self is on and is in service from is on the fifth ray. And it's about healing and knowledge and yeah, truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the revelation for me, I've heard of people talk about their higher self. And of course, in psychology, we would think this, I'm talking about a better version of myself, mm -hmm. but it's still, it's sort of ego-based, mm -hmm. right? Um but I realized in reading your chapter in the book that no, it's like you're talking about another person. In fact, y your higher self is a Polynesian man with a name. I think, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, that's not yourself. That's a, this. You're talking about a different person. So tell me, can, how much can you tell it's, me about? It's a different spiritual energy, is what it is. I don't even think it's a different person. It's a it's a higher spiritual energy. And so there are higher selves. Um, oh, this is this is a complicated conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so as a soul living on the earth, we have um, we all have a higher self somewhere up in a in a higher vibratory dimension. And are we thinking of this as a being or as an energy? Or is it a is be it let's say an energy let's say an energy. Um, because we're human beings and we're rational thinkers and we're linear thinkers, we give appearance and measurement and like we've done to God. Like we've God, done to God's God. God's become a person. God is this person, this yeah. guy with the white beard in the sky, right? Yeah. Because Okay, so that's yeah. an accommodation because we need it to be that recognizable. But this is a, somehow a discrete energy. This is a discrete energy, and we know, I know, that this energy is, is of, of extreme love and compassion because that is what I feel yeah. 
has come into my energy field. And when I ask my personality and ego to go over here and sit on the bench and I sink into my heart space, that is what I feel. Does everyone have a different uh, higher self? Yes, I believe they all have a different higher self. But they all have this incredible love and compassion for the being that they are embodying. And because of the assimilation of all these other dimensional lives has come into one, this one soul being me, my higher self is of an extremely high vibration, extremely high energy. And so with my ascension and work through the paying of karma and clearing the chakras and going through the initiation levels, I have gradually raised my vibratory rate. So it's like I am rising up to meet to your meet higher self. The higher self is is descending, and then we come to a meeting point where he, it, yeah, yeah. resides in my heart. So even the idea of he or she is is also an accommodation. An accommodation. I mean, there's alpha and omega. There's two. There's two um, parts to each thing. If we think of of an egg for instance, you know, that has been fertilized, it splits into two, first of all. So you've got the alpha and the omega, and then it splits again, and then it splits again, and then, you know, we have these creations. So it all starts from one. It all starts from source. So that's where you, you get that expression as above, so below, or as without, so within. You know, whatever is out here is also in here. This is the macro. Within is the micro. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a way of imagining how we can allow ourselves to be pulled. Now, you visualize that upward, and I want to talk about that. But um, pulled upward to become the loving, compassionate, healing person that we, we are made to be, which we can't do according to our, simply our own efforts. It is, if, I'm, if, I'm, if this is sounding right to you, it is in allowing our higher selves to bond with us and helped create the person we were made to be. So it's very different from self-determination and and even uh, personal growth. This is bigger than this. It, it is because I feel that self-determination and personal growth is lives more in the mind. And what I am doing. Is what I yeah. am doing. Um, but to go back to what you said for a minute about... Um, it's about allowing. Yes, it is about the allowing, but I think there is a consciousness, there is an intention on our part to make this journey, yeah. to decide yeah, yeah. to rise up, to to work on paying this karmic debt, karmic debt and clearing the chakras. We have to be conscious about it and intentional about it and, and be aware that this is what we're doing. Okay. Higher selves are not the only beings that are in the cosmos. And in fact, you and and Carol Ann work together to do dowsing in houses, say, or businesses or whatever, where there are portals. Now, this sounds like a horror. This sounds like a, <laughs> I mean, it really does. It sounds like a ghost movie where there's portals where beings can come through that need to be put back in place. And that portal needs to be closed up. So you're mm-hmm. talking... Like this is this is a richly populated universe that you're talking about, where there's not only higher selves, there's also beings we don't really want to have a lot to do with, right? 
This is, yes, this is true. There are a whole lot of other beings around. We are not the only beings on this planet. And, you know, we, you've often heard people talk about the veil. You know, we live on this side of the veil and all this other stuff goes on on the other side. Because we as humans, once again, live in this 3D linear world. We only believe what we can see. Yeah. So I only see my hand here. I see my arm. I think, okay, this is where my body ends. This is where I'm done. And there's a table here, and it's over here. It's not connected to me at all. But as we are all energy, we are all connected. It's just that we perceive it as something solid, with edges, with legs, with a surface. A beginning and an end. A beginning and an end. And so we tend to view everything that way. Yeah. That there's a beginning and an end to that, and there's there's a beginning and an end to me. This this person that I am is totally in this environment all by itself. Yeah. When we go to sleep at night, our bodies, our astral bodies travel we we dream we we go into the astral plane we go into the astral field and which is another dimension last night i was in a hotel in paris france i didn't make it very far it wasn't exactly astral traveling and they were very rude to me <laughs> how dare they i know but that's not what you're talking about no <laughs> but um I mean, in a way it is, because our, you know, we are, we're traveling, we're having these experiences. But uh, in the astral field, we can pick up unwanted beings, unwanted entities, and, and bring them back with us. But they can also move back and forth th- between the dimensions from that side of the veil to this side of the veil. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it is not happening. And yes, there are portals, there are gateways that they find to travel back and through um, what is their intention? They just uh, want to mess with us. Yeah, just mischief. Just mischief for the most part. But they don't realize, or maybe they do, <laughs> what mischief they can cause. And it can cause real mischief. What, so what can they people. do? What can these beings do if we are unmindful of them? Well, they can attach themselves to us and sort of leech our energy. It's all about energy. So they want the energy. They they need they need energy to this exist. Like the, this is like the matrix. It I mean, is like when you, the matrix. Right? It's it's it like is. something wants to leech off of the life force and life energy that we have. Mm-hmm. So they're not necessarily demonic, although I imagine there could be realms like that. You're just talking about there are beings or entities um, that are unwanted. Exactly, they're, they're unwanted, and you know they're also. Um, discarnate spirits that maybe a person was in a car accident, died suddenly, was jolted out of their body, um, dying very suddenly, and and they feel as a spirit, as a soul, they're disoriented. They're lost. They're lost. And so they kind of wander. And so those, for those beings, for those spirits, it's a benevolent act to guide, to, them. Send, to guide to, them on their way. Yeah, walk you know, towards the light. Walk towards the light. You also mention in your chapter about stargates, which mm. sounds to me like the opposite of a portal. If a portal is a, a breach in the veil, 
mm-hmm. where entities can come through unwanted. A stargate would seem to be its opposite, a place of enormous spiritual power. Like you, you talk about a, a property mm-hmm. that somebody was planning to build like a retreat center or meditation center right here and they had all their plans, they were ready to go. But in dowsing it, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't put a building here. Right. There's two, there's some kind of energetic force. And so they took your advice and built the, or incorporated the, the meditation space in a, an existing building. And le- So tell me about Stargates. Okay, so I, I want to step back for a moment because portals can be positive oh, okay. or negative. And so we close negative portals. We close them and we send the entities off so that they're not around creating any mischief. But there can be positive portals as well. Okay. And we don't do anything with the positive portals. Yeah. They're wonderful. And you can't, you don't create them. They just no. exist. No, they exist. They're just the there. Thin spaces. Is this what sometimes in Celtic spirituality they call thin spaces? Well, it could be. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Um, it's to say where, where we are close to the other worlds. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. And, and it could be, and, and they're geographical locations. Yes. It isn't just a state of mind. It's like here. And there are places, Tibetan uh, monks identify places where they can hear uh, angelic singing. Yes. So those would be thin those places. Those would be thin places, yes, And exactly. could be therefore portals. Exactly. Okay. Yes, yeah, so they would be a place or a doorway through which benevolent beings could, yes. could enter and, you know, could travel back and forth. So the the Stargate was fascinating because um, a portal is a doorway. And so we have negative or positive doorways or portals. We also have vortexes. Vortexes are PowerPoints of energy. And you can have positive and negative vortexes as well. So a negative vortex can be created naturally in an area where the ley lines of the earth or the magnetic lines of the earth have come out of alignment where there is maybe water interference, where there is maybe um, earthquakes, something natural has sort of caused the earth to just go out of whack a little bit. And so a negative vortex is a downward pulling of energy into the earth. You know, forgive me, but it makes me think of the Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) Like that would be a portal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, um, a positive vortex is where it's a very positive, high vibe place, and the energy spirals in an upward direction. So yeah. you've probably heard of um, Sedona of and the positive vortexes yes. there, yes. and you see, you can actually see the trees, how they are twisted and spiraling around as they grow up. So you can visually see yeah. a vortex yeah. around a tree or growing through a tree. Yeah. So that's where we, as 3D human beings, can see, see a vortex. Yeah. So we have positive and negative vortexes. In this property in the UK, um, and once again, we're connecting energetically with this property. We have pictures of it. We have the yeah, Google yeah, Maps. Remotely. You weren't remotely. even there. We are, you were- we yeah. are connecting remotely. But remember, I connected remotely with you. On You were on my Reiki table. Yeah. And even if I was three feet from you, yeah. I'm still connecting remotely. You can still do that if it's 3,000 miles away. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's three feet That's or 3,000 miles. Yeah. So we connected 3,000 miles to this property in the UK. And as we are moving our hands along 
the plan, the property plan, our dowsing rods are picking up energy. And we're not making the dowsing rods move, but we hit a spot and all of a sudden the dowsing rods would start to fly and we'd say, whoa, there's a positive vortex here. And then we move our hand a little bit further and there was another one and there was another one and there was another one. And it was like, oh my goodness, we've never seen anything like this. And when we plotted them out, they were in a circular shape. So they created this dotted formation around a circle. And then we went, well, this is quite incredible. What does this circle of vortexes mean? Mm. (laughs) So we started asking a lot of questions. Is it a portal? Is it this? Is it that? Is it, you know, we, and we would get yes, no, yes, no. And then we went, and once again, we're in our heart space. We have connected with each other. Yeah. We've let our personalities and ego go over here. We're connecting with the energy of the place. And something comes to us. Is this a Stargate? Is this a Stargate? And so, yes, we got this is a Stargate. And the yes comes from the dowsing rod. The dowsing rod gives us a big yes. Yes. We can also get that information in our bodies. We can feel a yes in our bodies, but we find that when we're doing dowsing work on property, that the dowsing rod is much quicker and more efficient for us. And we can ask questions quickly and it gives us directions and that sort of thing. So yes, we asked the question about the Stargate. We got, yes, it's the Stargate. We kind of, whoa, this is the first time we've ever encountered this. So if it's a Stargate, that must mean that star beings are using this as a doorway What kind of star beings are these? And so we started asking questions, and the one that came to us was Pleiadian. So these star beings are from the Pleiades. That constellation up in the sky, which I, what do we call it, the Seven Sisters or something like that? So the Pleiades is the star constellation. But what we know now, and so when we're doing this dowsing work, we're learning all the time. Yeah. And so... We get this information, it's a stargate, so we start investing what's a star investigating what is a stargate. We get this message, Pleiadians. So we start investigating who are Pleiadians? What are Pleiadians? And so what we do know now about Pleiadians is that they are energetic beings of light that come through to help us with our spiritual growth. We don't even know they're here, but they're here supporting us spiritually. So we know they're benevolent. They're not something that needs to be sent home. It's a positive thing. It's a good thing. And it was amazing that it would be found on this place where the two women there were wanting to set up this incredible retreat center. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... uh, it was quite amazing. It's quite like, amazing. don't touch this space. Don't touch this space. We yeah. got a big no. Do not do any construction. Don't dig in the earth. Don't disturb it. It opens up all this these possibilities of if we were alive, energetically alive to the moment, how yes. much is going on beyond our own skin? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And it's about what I said earlier. It's about being open-minded and curious. But then also discerning, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? We want to discern and feel within ourselves, is this, does this feel right? Does this feel truthful? Yeah. Or is this, you know, well, wacky? So 
that's the last place I want to go. We could stop at any of these points and just explore that. But here's the thing. When, when I thought of, of all this, um, these other worlds that I wanted to hear you talk about, and you have, the, um, the language you use for our spiritual growth is the language of ascension. Mm-hmm. That we are, and, and my understanding of the chakras symbolically is that we are preparing in a way to transcend the physical realm by ascending through the chakras so that the even in meditation practice often it's meant to um, give emphasis to the higher chakras that open us up Mm -hmm. so i understand like that that as but i've spent the last 10 years more more than the last 10 years um on the descent to soul because when we talk about soul, it's mm-hmm. often spoken of as a descent. And what it means is a grounding, mm-hmm. knowing our place mm-hmm. with our feet on the ground, knowing mm-hmm. our place as part of the physical um, realm, of the natural realm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being present. In um, so, so as a corrective to the 2,000-year-old Christian tradition that, say, would be quite deny, it would be body-denying, mm-hmm. um, soul work, the descent of soul work is in, like being fully present in my body, mm-hmm. being here on the earth, being in touch with the natural world, um, and knowing it's only part of our spiritual growth. But, but I need your help to know how to integrate that with the ascension, because I understand the ascension and the descent has been uh, occupying my spiritual growth. It is very important for us to be present and grounded on this earth. And as human beings, we all have a chakra in the earth. It's our earth star. It keeps us connected to the earth. It is really, really important that we are connected to this earth. I mean, electrically, we are electric beings, electromagnetic beings. And so we are using electricity from the earth. We are drawing, if we, we can think of ourselves as batteries. So we are drawing currents up from the earth through our bodies, but we are also connecting with source. Yeah. And that battery is running in both directions. ACDC. ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's very important to be grounded. When I speak about ascension and I'm talking about moving up, yes, the chakras change. In fact, a lot of them will disappear or will move. And so what happens when you pass that point of initiation where you've cleared the chakras, they're radiant, they're beautiful, pristine, clear, and you are no longer going to incarnate on this earth you are making your ascension journey home yeah. to creator, to become one again with creator. And that's what ascension is. Yeah. But while we are a human being, we still need to be grounded on this earth. That's and I right. think I think what you're saying is so important that a lot of people on the spiritual path forget about being present and being here on this earth day to day, 24-7. Yeah. I think it's not so much about being, you know, about descending to the earth or about ascending up. It's about the balance of it. Thank you. That's very helpful. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. thank you for completely exploding my notions of the, the cosmos, uh, but doing it in a way that feels like possibilities are opening. I mean, the, you're opening portals of possibility in our spiritual growth. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, you're very welcome. I love talking about this, and uh, it's really been my pleasure. So thanks very much for asking me. Thank you for joining me for my conversation with Reiki master Jan Thompson. To help you learn more about Jan and her healing work, I've included links and resources in the show notes. To contact her personally, you can reach Jan through her website, www.ascensionarts.ca. For a few episodes, the Mystic Cave is taking a turn toward the mystical as we explore the world or worlds described by Jan Thompson. I'd love to know what you think along the way and to hear your own stories. My sense is that the mysteries of the cosmos have revealed themselves to many of us, but few are willing to talk about it. So this is my invitation. Leave a comment on the Mystic Cave Facebook page or write to me personally at mysiccaveman53 at gmail.com. Next time, Shaman Wade Perpich takes us on a wild ride to the other side of the known world, where guiding spirits and ascended beings wait to be enlisted in the work of our healing and that of the world. We may never return, but why would we want to? I'm Brian Pearson. This is the Mystic Cave. But it's too late.